Boone, Raleigh, North Carolina. This is Packers Live Sports Show with Benjamin Denton and Michael Hopkins. And we're coming at you live from the WKNC studios on the beautiful, awesome, amazing, fantastic campus of North Carolina State University on 88.1 Raleigh. I'm Benjamin Denton. And I'm Michael Hopkins. And we are absolutely thrilled to be coming at you live on one of the premier college radio stations in the nation, keeping you up to date with the latest and the greatest with all the NC State sports. Explosion. And in case you guys had not figured out, you regulars of the show, I have a new co-host in with me today, and I know this is going to sadden you a little bit, and it will sadden me, but that is met with more happiness, but John is not going to be doing the show the rest of this semester. He is moving on to pursuing, since both John and I are graduating in May, John has decided he um, has not doesn't have time to really devote to the show, to uh, give it the amount of time that it deserves, and so he is just stepping away. He may come back and guest on a couple shows, but he's going to focus on his career after college, which is coaching. He is diving uh, headfirst into that, but we have with me a new co-host, Michael Hopkins. Michael, how's it how's it going? Things are going great, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, no worries, dude. All right, so the for the listener out there, my mom is probably one. Your parents are out there. Oh, yeah. There's probably somebody else listening, but uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what's your major here at State, and uh, anything other you think, anything else you might think is pertinent. Well, I'm a communication media major here at State. Uh, I'm also minoring in arts entrepreneurship, so that's fantastic. Um, definitely a fan of sports, music, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, came from a little town out in the mountains called Murphy, North Carolina. It's about as far west in North Carolina as you can get without being in Georgia and Tennessee at the same time. Uh, but always been a really big fan of sports and uh, just a big fan of it. Uh, love tracking it, keeping up with it, and I uh, like watch a lot of the shows and whatnot so who so are who are your teams what personal biases do we have to be aware of before we can uh take seriously your analysis of any any sports take so i'm definitely a hornets fan so okay, good, i'll good, be good i'll be getting some people along with that uh the two that are probably gonna get some people skeptical is i'm an atlanta falcons fan all right see when michael told me this i very seriously considered and very seriously considered not having him on the show because <laughs> When I say I hate the Falcons, and I'm having to look at a Falcon sticker on his laptop, but uh, fortunately <laughs> it's balanced out because he also has a WKNC 88.1 sticker and an NC State. Okay, it's two out of three. All right, uh, Michael's laptop <laughs> stickers pass the inspection, but Falcons, unfortunately, we're just going to live with it. So what other teams? Uh, I also pull for the Pittsburgh teams as well because that's where my family split, oh, but definitely man. the uh, Penguins, that's definitely my uh, hockey team. I am not a bandwagon fan, by the way. I have been pulling for them since like 07. So since Sidney Crosby got on there and made them good. Sounds like a bandwagon to me, Michael. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> so you keep up with, uh, what's, what are the sports you keep up with the most? Definitely NFL, college football, college basketball, um, Major League Baseball as well. I do keep up with the NHL. A little bit of Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, Charlotte's got a team coming up. Oh, yeah. That's exciting, too. Uh I definitely keep up with Atlanta United because, I mean, that's a bit of a default. (laughs) But, yeah, I keep up with that some. uh, But, yeah, it's exciting that Charlotte's going to have a team coming over here. I'll definitely uh, be rooting for them as well. Yeah, and you guys will hopefully be hearing about it on Packers Live Sports Show if Michael decides to continue the show after I graduate. Of course, he would need someone else 
too. I guess I should go ahead and tell you guys, like, it is also my senior year, and I have, like, a couple of jobs right now, and I'm also working on getting a full-time job lined up. So if what me and Michael is doing is working out, hopefully once he gets uh, finishes the DJ class, then we'll transition to Michael running the board and kind of steering the ship like what I've been doing on the show with John. And then we'll probably phase me out, ideally, if Michael finds somebody else that he wants to do the show with. Because, again, what made the show really good with me and John is the fact that me and John like talking to each other about sports. Oh, didn't yeah. matter if we didn't know anything about sports. It was nice that John knew a lot and I knew a little bit less but what makes the show good is the people on the show. And so if, if it works out, I'll be transitioned out. Because, again, I, I do have a lot of other stuff out of this. And it's a, bit, it's a decent chunk out of my week to do this show. But we love you guys. That's why we do it. Oh, yeah. What's on the docket for today's show? Your uh, debut on FM radio, Michael. So what we got on the docket for today is we'll get a little bit into Major League Baseball and the drama and fiascos that have been going on around mm-hmm. there with the Astros and the Red Sox. Things have been really heating up lately over there. Uh, we'll get into some hockey with the Canes. The Canes have been doing re- really well this year. Definitely one of the highest competing teams in uh, all of hockey. Uh, we'll get into the NBA as well. Zion's return. Oh, yeah. Uh, I to the that. NBA. His de- actually, his debut, rather. Uh, I got Speaking to watch of a- debuts. Zion makes his debut in the NBA, and the next day, Michael Hopkins is on the radio. Coincidence? I, I think, think not. not. <laughs> Perfect. Right. Sorry, don't let me interrupt. Finish. It's all good. Uh, but we'll also get to the Hornets, and uh, they've been struggling this year. We'll probably get into that as well. Uh, some NFL news. We'll get into the uh, championship games that happened over the weekend, mm-hmm. and our probably our Super Bowl predictions as well. Uh We'll get into the Panthers some. Luke's surprise retirement, uh, yeah. Luke Keekley's retirement. Uh, possibly some stuff about Cam Newton, if we got time for that. Um, we'll also get into uh, NC State men's basketball and how they've been doing this year. A good win against the Virginia Cavaliers up in Charlottesville. Uh, we'll also be getting into uh, women's basketball. They have been doing phenomenal Dominating. this year. Absolutely phenomenal uh, couldn't be more proud of them as a Wolfpacker. Uh, we'll also be getting into gymnastics, uh, talking about their successes so far. Uh, men's tennis, and we'll be going down the line to wrestling, uh, some swimming and diving, and track and field, which we will start off with right now. Yeah, we had uh, at the Gamecock opener on the first day of our spring season, we won two event titles and had a bunch of other podium finishes. The two title winners at this event were in the men's long jump, Chris Alexander. He jumped 25 feet and 2.5 inches, which is uh, beyond an ACC qualifying standard, along with teammate uh, Vaughn Douglas and Jamar Davis also had um, ACC qualifying distances as well. And in the women's triple jump, Michelle Cobb had a new personal record of 42 feet and 11 inches, and that is third in school history. That's great. <laughs> That's just great. That's that great. great. You know what, Michelle? Good for you. That good is for great. You. That is great. That is really good. I just play track. So I, I like whenever I see stuff like this, I think it's really cool. You played track? Yeah, I played I played track when I was in high Don't school. Don't you do track? Do you play track or do track? It really depends. I think it depends on the region you come from. What did you what did you do in track? Uh I mainly did running. I ran uh the half. It's mile. a run, actually. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You guys, the listeners know. They know. Anyway. They, but yeah, I, I ran uh, the 800 meter. Uh, I also did a couple of uh, baton events, and uh, I did the mile once, uh, and I literally mean 
once. <laughs> so what was your time in the mile? Maybe I had a faster one. Fastest time I've ever done was six minutes flat. Really? Okay. Six minutes flat. And I was in the best shape of my life at the time. And I was, I gave it everything. I um, started running a mile to get in shape for basketball season when I was in high school. Oh, at a slim 165, 62. I was a lean machine. And uh, I was in, I was just um, cardiovascular, uh, not cardiovascular. I got tired quickly playing basketball. <laughs> That's what held me back. So my mom was like, you're going to run a mile. And the little, the country store, Trisha's Grocery, yeah. was exactly a mile from my house. So I put on my Jordan 1s. And that I got the Goodwill <laughs> store for three bucks. And I ran from my house to Trisha's Grocery, which also had ice cream for like 65 cents. So I would, so I got to the grocery store and I did it four times. The last time I ran with everything I had, I did it in six minutes, puked my guts out, and I was like, I'm never, ever doing this again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was more like I was more of a sprinter than an endurance runner, even though I did like my yeah. endurance went to like at max a mile because it was funny. I was involved with 4-H for years and they did an event over here actually on campus. Of course. Of course. The mountain boy 4-H. Yeah. <laughs> what a <laughs> Go surprise. figure. Right. But uh, we had an event at 4-H Congress over here and they called it the 4K for charity. And I thought, OK, 4-H, 4-4K, that's cool. Uh, I was like, both I'm, letters. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's cool. Good correlation. But. I come to find out, we got, as Stephen A. Smith would say, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived because it wasn't a 4K, but a 5K. Because <laughs> they threw they in that extra K in there. They called it a 4K. The reason why is because it was like 4.998. No joke. That was the final measurement of but the it, course. It goes with 4H, though. So I could understand why they would lie to you. I could understand it, but like the first half of it was fine. I ran the whole bit, but the second half was entirely uphill, and I literally just said, oh, no. <laughs> anyway, we digress a little bit. Podium finishes for NC State at track and field. We had in the weight throw, Tyson Fortenberry was third place with 59 feet and 9 inches. In the women's high jump, Tamara Chapman um, jumped 5 feet 7. That was third place. And in the women's triple jump, that Michelle Cobb, we already talked about that, with 42 feet 11 inches. The men's triple jump, Jamar Davis had second place, and Chris Alexander had third place with distances of 50 feet 3.5 inches and 49 feet 7.25 inches. For the men's shot put, Tyson Fortenberry also had a third place finish um, with a distance of 54 feet and 8 inches. Up next, for NC State track and field, we have the Hokey Invitational, which is over at Virginia Tech. And that's tomorrow, January 24th. Now getting into swimming and diving against UNC, we swept them, baby! You just got to wait for basketball season, Michael. True that. <laughs> but uh, it, was a, it was a men's squad sixth uh, consecutive win over the Tar Heels and the women's fifth. So that's always awesome to beat Carolina. Anytime we beat Carolina in anything, and I don't care if it's underwater basket weaving chess tournaments, <laughs> we're going to talk about it on the show. Anyway, the men won 187.5 to 112.5, and the women outscored the Tar Heels 182 to 118. They were led, both squads, Coleman Stewart and Eric Knowles led the scoring for the men, and Catherine Burkoff and Kate Moore posted the most points for the women. Uh, Wolfpack women swept the podium in three different events on the night. Uh, 200-yard freestyle, the 100-yard uh, backstroke, and the 200-individual medley. Uh Six individuals brought home the uh, multiple individual uh, titles for NC State. Uh, Moore, Alons, Burkhoff, Julia Poole, uh, Knowles, and Stewart. So that was the UNC meet. Once again, we swept them. We beat them. They lost. It's it's nothing new. 
Oh, I was at the. Uh, we have to talk about the uh, club hockey game. We'll talk about that. Remind me before we take a song break. Because I'll was, make a note of it right now. I was at the game. All right. Anyway, up next we played Duke. We swept them again. I was here. I was actually working the event. I'm an aquatic supervisor, not to flex on you guys, <laughs> at the gym. But um, we had our second sweep in as many days because we just swept UNC. We outscored Duke on the men's side, 191 to 104, and on the women we won 100. 81 to 116, capturing the first place honors in the first 12 events of the meet. So right off the bat, Duke knew what was up, and it was about to be us on them as we were getting way up in the points. So we swept nine events on the day. Uh, men, men's 1,000-yard uh, freestyle, uh, also with the women's 1,000-yard freestyle. Men's 200-yard freestyle, uh, men's 200-yard butterfly, uh, men's 200 backstroke, women's 200-yard backstroke. Uh, men's 500-yard freestyle, men's 100-yard butterfly, and women's 400-yard individual medley. And if we um, listed all the winners from the event, we'd probably be here till after 4 o'clock. So we're just going to highlight you with the multi-event winners, James Brady on the dive team, uh, Michaela Sargent, Julia Poole, Eric Knowles, Coleman Stewart, and Rafal Kustro had um, multi-event wins. Sargent had three titles on the day, which garnered her ACC Swimmer of the Week for her efforts against UNC and Duke. Uh, so we got Sargent got ACC Swimmer of the Week, and her efforts were going. Uh, up next, we're going to be going on the road against Virginia in swimming and diving. And on to wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pack is ranked number five in the nation. That's cool. Real quick, whenever I came here to state, when I transferred here, I knew they were notorious, but I didn't think it was on this level. This is awesome. Yeah, like, we uh, we talked about it a good bit on the show. Hayden Hydley. We're going to talk about him in a second. But first year we had him. First year we had the show. He almost won a national championship. He was a runner-up at wow. 157 pounds. A couple years ago, Nate Gwiazdowski actually did win a national championship. And actually, I think somebody, somebody, well, a couple guys won ACC championships. I don't think we had a wrestler that actually won that. No, we did have one win a national championship. I can't remember his name, but I think it was at 180. He was a senior a couple years ago. Okay. Anyway, against Princeton, 12th ranked in the country. We absolutely stomped them 29-12, to 12, winning 7 of 10 bouts. Wins from number 17, Daniel Bullard at 174 pounds. Number three, Trent Hidley, uh, 184. Number eight, Nick Renan at 197. Deontay Wilson at 285. Tommy Cox at no, at 125. Uh, Jared Trombley at 133. Number 15, Tariq Wilson at 141. Matt Grippy at 149. Number two, Hayden Hidley, 157. And number 10, uh, Thomas Bullard. Yeah, uh, two years ago... Tarek Wilson was a third place wrestler. He went into the NCAA finals unranked and then won his first three bouts to get to the semifinals and then lost to the top ranked guy who eventually won the championship. As and he, he was going in and unranked. So he's been really good for us the last couple years. Moving on, we went to Drexel and we, I guess you would say we drex, drexed them. Was, <laughs> you know, I was thinking the word dredged, like rain, like, oh, it, yeah. I got absolutely drenched. That's the word I was looking for. So maybe, we did that. Maybe we dragged them or like drexed them, like dragged them across the yard we'll or something. We'll just be here. We're going to look for words the rest of the show. <laughs> anyway, we won 44-3, to winning 9 of 10 bouts. That started off by Daniel Bullard winning at 174 pounds at 184. Trent Hydley won again. Deontay Wilson at 285. Uh, Jacob Camico won at 125. Jarrett Trumbly at 133. Jared Papsky? 
That's probably that's probably right. Yeah. AJ Lighton at one forty nine and number two Hayden Hayden Hydley. I was gonna say Hydley. I wanted to say Hydley and I ended up saying Hayden. It's Hayden Hydley. He's number two at one fifty seven. He won as well as redshirt freshman Tyler Barnes. Oh yeah. If we butcher the names, please forgive us if you're listening in. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's kind of my specialty. The listeners know what's up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Next up, we beat Hofstra thirty seven to two, winning nine of ten there. And again, it's probably most of the same guys that won. Pretty much, yeah. Up next, we have Virginia Tech. That's tomorrow at 7 p.m. And then on February 1st, my dad's birthday, they're going to number 10 Pittsburgh. So you better put my dad's birthday on your calendar, guys. Happy birthday to your father, by the way. In like eight days. Yeah, still What about happy early. birthday to me? I'm gonna... Happy birthday, ben. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> early. finish. It's hey, early the... bird gets an early worm. It's the uh, 31st. So I have a birthday on a Friday night while I'm in college. Nice. Living the dream. I guess if you're in college for four years, you have a four and seven shot. Is that is that the right math? Because you're going to get four birthdays while you're in college, and once every seven years is going to be on a Friday night. Dude, I ain't had So a, it's four and seven that I get a Friday night birthday. Is it? Because I haven't had a math course since I was a freshman. So. Oh, but then also, the odds are even less that I get a, four, uh, that I get a Friday night birthday after I'm 21. Oh, so nice. that's even less because I'm not going to do the math, but like I, I, I'm very appreciative my senior year to get a Friday night birthday while I'm still in college. Oh, you better believe it. Because, you know, after college is going to be way more lame because I won't have as many friends after college. Not that I have a lot. I'm not trying to sound like I have a lot of friends. I just have like close friends that I, I like a lot. So instead of a lot of friends, I just like my friends a lot. And so oh, yeah. it, it comes out to a net same amount of like friends. Likeness. Yes. Got people in your circle. Keep them, keep them there close. <laughs> All right, moving on. We have men's tennis. Uh, we're ranked number 17. We had a few wins. We're not going to go into any details for you guys because we love you guys. And uh, that doesn't really correlate, but we're just going to move on. We beat USC Upstate 7-0 to zero earlier this month, as well as uh, 17th ranked Michigan 4-3. to three. Uh, We also defeated Northwestern 4-1 uh, to one on the road. Yeah, and up next, we're against Utah State. That is January 25th at 10 a.m. All right. Last thing before we talk about hockey and then take a song break, we're going to talk about gymnastics. We had a couple of meets. First one was at Ohio State, uh, 1v1 against the Buckeyes. We unfortunately fell to the Buckeyes 193.8 to 194.025. That was, um, again, gymnastics meets are, there's four different, I'm gonna. I always recap this at the beginning of each semester for any new listeners. But there's four different things: bars, beam, floor, and vault. And your team gets 50 points from each maximum if you do perfect. And you have five gymnasts that are scored for 10 points. So that's get you your 50. So you have five five gymnasts will be scored for bars. If they all got tens, you'd have 50 points from bars. Most of the time, a really good score is nine and up. And like they have up to the third decimal place, like 193 point. 800. I don't know why they do scoring like that, but they do. You might as well just m- multiply it times 1,000. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't matter. Anyway, on the bars, uh, freshman Alexis Ortega and Emily Shepard had their debuts, and Shepard started the day with a 9.800 in the event, as did junior Katie Cox, and both finished tied for third. Uh, junior Lauren can't record the highest score on bars with a 9.825, and that is good for a second-place finish. And as a team, they had 48.075 on bars. Freshman Cole, uh, or Chloe, uh, 
Negrete? Negrete. Negrete. Okay. We'll make sure I was pronouncing that right. Uh, made her first appearance at, at, for NC State uh, for the event while Shepard tied for second with a 9.775 That is vaults. Yeah. That is, yeah. Like you said, on the vault, and they scored 48.250 as a team on the floor. Senior, class of 2020, baby. Drew Grantham highlighted the floor routine for the Wolfpack, and she had a 9.850 and finished third in the event, as well as senior Alexis Buchler had 9.800, while NC State as a team finished 48.875. So for Beam, we scored 48.600. Uh, Negrate uh, anchored, uh, anchored the lineup, and uh, Grantham completed the event in the third place with 9.775. All around, Lauren Kent... Uh, she finished third, and she notched a 38.850. Oh, no, she won it. Excuse me. She won it 38.850 across all the events. So we did lose the uh, meet, but uh, we, at least we had the top finisher. Up next, we had a quad meet at Kentucky, which is, of course, four teams. There's us, Kentucky, UNC, and Lindenwood. UNC and Lindenwood are actually in our conference, so those are two interconference foes, and I we finished third. So we went one and two. So uh, Kentucky beat us, UNC beat us. Fortunately, and then uh, we beat Lindenwood with the scores. On bars, we had a 48.775 as a team, and that was led by sophomore Meredith Wilson, as she had a career high, 9.875, and that was good for our first-place finish in bars. And Lauren Kent had a 9.825 in a three-way tie for second place, as well as she was tied. Um, oh, th- third place was Drew Grantham with a 9.800 on the bars. So on beam, Kent's 9.800 or 9. 9- Point eight hundred was the highest score uh, for the Wolfpack. As a team, the Wolfpack scored 48.250. Uh, on the floor, they had 48.775 as a team score. Uh, Grantham led the way with a 9.875, followed by Alexis uh, Buchler's uh, 9.800. Yeah, on vault freshman, Emily Shepard had a three-way tie for first place with a 9.875. Chloe Negret notched a 9.875. Eight, and the team combined for 48.625 points on the vault. The two event champions we got out of this were Shepard and Robinson. Both were uh, both won an event. Up next, we're going to have our first home meet. That's January 25th, which is this Saturday, doing the quick mass. That's 4 p.m. against Townsend, who is an in-conference opponent at Valvano Arena inside Reynolds Coliseum, which I contend is just one of the greatest names overall like of any like arena in the whole country. Goat status, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, because honestly, Valvano Arena is just a boss name. Even let's just ignore the fact that Jimmy V is like the greatest ever, and just it's just cool. It flows. It looks really good, and like V is just a great first letter, I think, for a name or an arena name. Oh yeah, because it's good for logos and stuff. And I would have been sad to see us like lose Reynolds as a name. Yeah, that would have been pretty sad too. So it was. It's nice to get like Valvano Arena. At Reynolds Coliseum. It's kind of like like my father graduated from the University of Georgia, and they kind of did something similar with their stadium because they got Sanford Stadium, mm-hmm. but they didn't want to get rid of the name because although Vince Dooley is the most successful football coach, arguably the most successful football coach they had there, uh, they called it uh, Dooley Field at uh, Sanford Stadium, which was kind of cool. So I kind of find that I kind of find what they did here with Valvano and Reynolds really really awesome so. did you um did your family like grow up like knowing anything about like nc state like were you guys a part of that not really honestly uh i really felt like i mentioned 4-h earlier and we would go to congress i think i went to congress eight years in a row 
So we came here a lot. So I got to know a lot more about NC State. I fell in love with it. And then I started keeping track of NC State sports more, and I just grew to like it a lot. What did so. you do? Wait, wait, hold up. Well, we have time. What, what did you do in 4-H? So that's with the animal, like with cows and stuff. Did you show cows? I've been to a cow show. So I didn't do a whole lot with animals, if anything, really at all. Uh, my mother was involved with um, the horse club. In fact, she ran like a horse club and some other clubs over there. She's probably listening and is probably like, I no, it's this, this, this. I was like, okay, hold on. She, all I knew as, as a kid at the time is she ran a lot of the horse clubs. I was involved with that. Uh, some of it oh, was, so you didn't do anything. You were just the, I was, I was the horse lady's helping. kid. I was a horse lady's kid. I was involved with that to begin with, but then I got involved with the club with like leadership, uh, public speaking, things of that nature. Uh, my last year there, I ran for uh, district office and got elected as secretary treasurer. Without ever having to show any cows. You don't have to show animals to be in 4-H. We've broadened out, man. We've been really? around over 100 years. We've been around for over 100 years, man. It's not just agriculture. It's ag tech, leadership, a whole lot more than just that. I had no clue because... Where I'm from, people show cows. My friend Joa, uh, she she uh, was our president while we were uh, district officer uh, with district officers together on our team, and she was like a leader for ro- for the robotics club in her in her county, and oh, they that's won. 4-H. Yeah, they did robotic stuff, and they it was fantastic because they were winning events and stuff like that like crazy. Because I would look on social media and it's like, hey, we achieved this, hey, we achieved that. I'm like, y'all are on fire. <laughs> Wow, I learned something new every day. Heck Here yeah, I was man. thinking they just showed cows and horses. They also show goats too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they pretty if much. If there's a livestock, they show it. If it's a livestock animal, they show it. That oh man, y'all gotta y'all gotta go watch a a cow show if you can. It's pretty cool. Or I go- think it's cool. It's also incredibly silly to, looking to me, but at the same time, it's kind of art. It's it's neat because they take that you know that they have put in the time and the effort. Oh yeah. For this animal. And the thing is, it's not like you're doing that for like, okay, I'm here doing like it, a presentation is one thing. I did presentations and presentations are one thing. They're cool to watch because you see the prep and everything. Yeah, give me a cow. But a cow, you, you get a cow to look glorious like that. It is. That's a lot of effort. I know the show that I went to. It was just lead them around the ring and then stop and then go and then turn around and like. I, although I, now looking back on it, it was little kids, so they probably had much lower standards for what they made the cows do. It depends because they have different age groups. Uh yeah, it was a little age group. I remember that much. Yeah, there's there's like different tiers that they do. They change it up from time to time. But uh, whenever I got involved with presentations, I was originally involved. I was involved with like, I think it was like ten to thirteen when I first got involved, and then it was fourteen to eighteen. Oh, okay. Well, I need to go to a cow show now. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that's a... Oh, wait, no! NC State hockey. Have yes. you been to a club hockey game? I have not. I wanted to go to the one the other night against UNC, and I, I couldn't make it. I went. And let me tell you, awesome experience. Really? You can, if you're over 21, you can buy beer at PNC. Yep. At least I, so I've heard. So I've heard. Mom. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> most of the time, like, I'll... Uh, Go with my friends, and like you can kind of pregame it a little bit if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and it's much more experience. Now we beat UNC nine to three, but I'm here to tell you the highlight of an in, of a hockey game. By the way, the club hockey games are free. Really? Not even you don't have to be a student. The place is full of stands. They fill about sixty percent of the lower bowl in PNC. Really? But the PNC games are more rare. That's why I go to those. They do games at the Iceplex and whatnot. But we're really good. Last year we were undefeated. And got one regionals, which was the first time ever, won the Southeast Regional. And then we went to nationals before we lost. 
I, I worked with a kid that was on the team that's still on the team. Um, it was cool because like I I worked in the same office with him for like ten or twelve hours a week mm-hmm. for marketing for state. And like I see him on the ice, he's su- a super quiet guy. But he uh, he gave a UNC guy the business. I, like <laughs> again, the crowd goes wild whenever there's fights. You have to go because they're free. Like love the Hurricanes, but that's expensive to go. But the, oh yeah, NC State hockey. We won nine to three. We're really really good. It was so great. Hundred and ten percent recommend. Again, I didn't even get to it. The Zambonis. Have you seen a Zamboni? I have. I have seen it. I've been. I've been they, ice skating before too. They are majestic. Zambonis might be the most beautiful machine. No, you you think this is funny? This is real, Michael. These are the most majestic machines. Like imagine, like what's what's the spirit, the horse movie thing for yeah, as a my, kid? My sister loved that movie. As right? A kid. Imagine that majesty, and then make it a machine, and that's a Zamboni <laughs> because they are so awesome. And their name is awesome. Okay, if you guys haven't like haven't seen a Zamboni in a while, go to a hockey game for the Zambonis. <laughs> Zamb- Zambonis are cool, but like majestic. No. <laughs> yes, majestic. You see that they go through. It's like mowing lawns, but better because you know it's very satisfying to mow a lawn and you see the grass behind you that's mowed and like you see your progress as you're going. A Zamboni, it's like it's like glass. They go over chopped up and powdery, almost snow ice from the skates, and then when they go back over. It's just like, I fixed it all. All the problems are gone. It's beautiful. I'm a Zamboni. It's like, it's perfect. Anyway, <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about basketball, men's and women's. Both teams are doing re- well at the moment. So I'm going to send us off with an artist that I rather like myself. She's a new country artist. Her name is Morgan Miles. Miles with a Y. Highly encourage you to look her up. She had her debut album, speaking of debuts, um, on January 17th. So, like, really, really new. She's really good. I'd say her voice is, like, it's powerful in the sense that Carrie Underwood's voice is powerful. I'm not saying she's Carrie Underwood, but she has a very powerful voice, and her song, her album is very, it's called Therapy, so it's it's got that kind of vibe to it. So it's not like a typical country album, I would say. But I'm going to play you Sanctuary off of that album, because that way you can really kind of hear, like, the woman's got pipes. She can really sing. So I'm going to play you guys Sanctuary by Morgan Miles. Pack is Life Sports. Coming to you live from the studio here on NC State University's campus from the studio in 88.1 WKNC with Benjamin Denton. I'm Michael Hopkins, and we are discussing Pack Sports on Pack is Life. I love it. That was way more radio sounding than what I do, <laughs> but that was that was beautiful. That was... Uh, Sanctuary by Morgan Miles. You guys got to go listen to her stuff. I think she's really good, and I think she might get bigger, and you'll say you heard it here first. The potential is definitely there. I can definitely back yeah. you up on that. That's her first album. so That's anyway. phenomenal. That seriously is. Mike man. was going to listen to it. You guys should, too. Anyway, women's basketball, we uh, unfortunately lost our undefeatedness of the season when we lost to UNC. No! But we bounced back. We absolutely trounced Notre Dame 90-56, to like we've been doing with everybody all season, led by Elisa Kunane, had 22 points, 10 rebounds, and Jada Boyd had 16 points and uh, six boards as well. Um, against 13th-ranked Florida State, that was over here in Reynolds, I was at that game, Kunane uh, had 20 points, 10 rebounds, Jakia Brown-Turner had 18 points, 8 rebounds. Since I was there, we'll talk about that in a second. Elisa Kunane and Ace Koenig are... First team All ACC performers. Oh, easily. And I think that Cunane could be a first team All America. I don't know what the rest of women's basketball looks like because I only watch us. She is unstoppable. 
She is like they run the offense around her when she's in the game. In the post, they look to give her the ball. She has better post moves than anyone on the men's team that I've ever seen here at State. She's just a master in the post with with her fakes and her spins. She did, she's like watching Tim Duncan down there, and she's crafty as heck. And I watched like three different possessions against Florida State where they knew we were just trying to get her the ball. And they went to double-team her the second she got the ball, and she spun out of it three different times and scored before they could even double-team her. She's also a fantastic passer out of double-teams, and this team has the shooters around her that like they make you pay if you're going to double-team double And Also, she's just a monster on the boards. Uh, just 110%, you guys got to go watch the women's basketball. And she's a girl that is just, she takes over games. Oh, she is definitely like that ISO star that we see like in the NBA and whatnot. Like we'll see like the like the one team has that star where it doesn't matter if you know that ninety nine percent of the time they're going to go to that star, but they're going to go to them anyway because you can't stop her. Period. Yeah, I, you just can't. And that's what Florida State couldn't do. And the other thing is, like I said, Koenig is like a very very good point guard as well, an elite shooter, one of the greatest shooters. That's been at this school, and so when you have those two players that good on the floor, that's why we're ranked number eight in the country and absolutely demolishing another top. At the time, they were number ten, I think, in the country, Florida State. Yeah, can I add to that though? I love. I've watched this team on. I haven't been able to attend a lot of their games like live, but I have watched several of their games at my apartment on TV. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you this, man. The, last year they had. A good number of injuries. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it, Grace Hunter were, was their leading scorer when she went out at the beginning of the season. Out for the season, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. They had several injuries like that. And I'll tell you, they did great last year despite those injuries. And I think it is because you look, although they have Elisa Kunain, they who is just an amazing mm-hmm. basketball player. Oh, they got lots of pieces around her. Oh, oh yeah, they do. And the thing is, they've developed everybody else. Even the mm-hmm. ones on the bench are just developed to where... It's kind of they remind me of Alabama's football team a bit. It doesn't matter if one of them goes out; they just reload with another one. Yeah. Period. And like like I said, they I think they go eight and nine deep in the rotation. Um, not customary. I think eight deep is their normal rotation. Yeah. Because they try to keep Cunane out there, and Erica Cassell is like her backup. But then they also play both of them in there at the same time, and they work really well. And Cassell is not a store a scoring big, but she's great with passing and rebounding, and just overall the team is just. Really fun to watch. Just a really fun team. And they're also really, really good. Uh, Kayla Jones, we beat Wake Forest 59-45, to so a relatively close game for us. Kayla Jones had 15 points and 11 rebounds. And Jakia Brown-Turner had 11 points and 2 rebounds. So up next for the ladies, we're playing Pittsburgh. That's tonight at 7 p.m. And then we're playing... Do you know if that's here or at Pittsburgh? That is on the road. Okay, that's at Pittsburgh. And then on the 26th, that's Sunday at 6 p.m. in Reynolds Coliseum. We're hosting UNC. Get back at them. Let's I, do it. <laughs> I'm not. I need. Is that the KL game? It might be. I think. I think it might. You know what? I'm just gonna Google it really quickly. Do you want me to do uh, men's basketball? Real yeah, quick yeah. Go ahead. Go that? ahead. Yeah. So with men's basketball, they had a huge win that I got to watch uh, over at my apartment against uh, the Virginia Cavaliers, the reigning national champions. The Virginia Cavaliers beat them in Charlottesville, Virginia for the first time since 2005. Great win. I mean, it was... Where were you? Where was I? In 2005. Elementary school, I think. Right? (laughs) Something like that. I was at home. I was homeschooled. 
So you were homeschooled. I was in elementary school, most likely. I was like eight years old. I was probably like fifth grade. That's a long time. Something like that. I don't know. Is it? Yeah, that was a while ago. Sydney Lowe, I think, would have been our coach then. I don't know if he's coaching in 05. Dude, anyway, that, that's that's like what? That's fi- that's 15 years ago. It's a long time, dude. Yeah. I, we got to stop this, man. I'm feeling old. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I um I only got to watch the condensed game, but from what from what you saw, what 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 how were we able to get that win? We got the win because we were able to make shots when it counted and we looked very poised throughout because there were times where <sighs> there there have been controversies with the replay being used far too much under 2 minutes, and this was definitely a case of that. I mean, I'm, I as a sports official on campus, I won't disagree or interject with it or anything like that. But that definitely screwed up the flow of the game without Mm -hmm. a doubt. And the fact that we were able to stay focused and poised because it definitely got more interesting than it should have been at the end, but we still were able to pull it off. And that just showed in my mind that shows that not only can this team win, but they can stay calm under pressure. And even whenever a situation is just so out of control and out of their hands, they're still able to, keep that sound of mind without you know throughout and keep it all together when time when it really counts and uh Markel Johnson was hot in that game. He was absolutely on fire with the shooting too. I'll add that. Quick update about the play for K game. It's, yes. It's once a year and it's in the fall semester. So I had the wrong semester. Uh, I really regret that I hadn't been able to get to one of those before I graduate. But we'll just have to go after I graduate. I did get to go to one last year. The one in UNC last year with the women's basketball. I got to go to that one. How was that? That was fun. It really was. Even though it was on UNC's campus and obviously where there's that bias against them. That was still a fun game. It was a good experience. Did we win? We did win that game. Oh, uh, that's why it was fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's always fun. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What was that laugh? It's like a villain, dude. It's like, oh, we won. <laughs> they don't even know. They don't even know what's coming after them. <laughs> All right. So, what, what, what are we, who are we playing next? Because we, oh, oh, my God, this team so confuses me. Oh, my God. I'm the saying, men's basketball? Yeah, because we lost, we lost against Clemson. Now, Clemson did beat Duke. Then we did beat Clemson. I just, I guess I didn't realize how much of a difference CJ Bryce makes and like having a healthy team. I was following Kevin Keats when he was at UNC Wilmington because I, I nearly went to UNC Wilmington instead of NC State. Like those were my top two schools. Mm-hmm. And Same with CJ Bryce. Yeah, CJ Bryce was over there yeah. when he was with Keats. And I'll tell you what, Coach Keats, man, him and CJ Bryce are like, CJ Bryce is an, a phenomenal player. And, you know, I know he was still Division One, and they he he did phenomenal at UNC. Both of them did. But whenever he transferred over here, um, I was thinking if he becomes a starter over here, he's he just might go to the NBA. Like he is that good of a guy in my mind. He's a great player. Yeah, he's got good size for the NBA as well. I don't know enough about it as far as scouting players to say for sure or not. I'm just a fan, so yeah. I'd love to see it. You would love to see it, but. We also weren't healthy, and that was another thing that was really encouraging to see. Like we were missing Manny Bates, who's been one of the best defenders in the ACC this year as a redshirt freshman. Oh yeah, as well as Pat Andre, one of the better shooters in the conference, even though he doesn't really bring much else. Although honestly, very underrated rebounder when Andre's in the game, he's got a little bit of slow feet, but oh, yeah. a very good shooter. Everyone knows that, but a very good rebounder. I don't think many people talk about that either. I put him as very good. He gets a lot of boards in there. Oh yeah. Anyway, where where who are we playing next with the men's basketball? Do you know? Uh. 
I believe we're playing UNC on Monday. Oh, yeah, I'm I just mistaken. got a ticket to that game. That's right. Why would oh, I, I missed that? out. You didn't? Well, I mean, you could still apply, probably. I could probably still apply, but I have, I've got a lot going on next week, too, so I don't know if I'd be able to make it anyway. I'd love to do it, though. I'd make time for it if I can. Yeah, it's the UNC game. Wait oh, till yeah. basketball season. Cole Anthony might be coming back, that's what I heard. I hope Ooh. he doesn't, because that'd be just like us to lose to UNC in their off year. Because UNC, they're they're not doing so great right now. Yeah, they keep losing. It's great. I love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving it. Whenever, whenever I see the L right beside UNC, I just kind of go, yes. <laughs> Things as they should be. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Next talking point, though. Uh, what do we got? What we got up next here? Uh, well, that- we could do is we could play your song. I don't know how how badly you wanted to play your song. And then we could come back and talk about the NFL. If we got time and Zion. It. It'll make a good transition. We got... How much time we got left for the show? We got like 15, 15 minutes. minutes. Yeah, you want to play your song? Let's just keep. Let's just let's just talk about the rest of the points we got here because we can go for a good amount of time with these. Okay. All right. I'm a little bit sad. I wanted to play your song. I'll oh, have really? to listen to it after the show. Then. Yeah, it's it's a good song though. Should we name it anyway, just in case someone wants yeah, to yeah. Go listen to it? If you guys tell you what, you can play the song while you're listening to us. It is "All the Downtown" by Eleven D Seven. Great. Honestly, like my friend, I had a friend of mine who is a music fan like you me. have friends oh nice. uh yeah i have friends <laughs> but yeah uh my friend amberly she recommended uh she recommended this sh- this uh artist to me and i i had him on repeat for probably a solid hour like i love just, how we're not gonna play the song but we'll talk about the artist <laughs> i just completely i just completely like blindsided everybody i bamboozled everybody yeah, with you, this. Guys, you guys you're gonna love this artist no you really will we won't play him but you guys you guys will uh, love yeah. i think we do have to play it eventually but big thing all right we're talking about basketball let's go to zion he returned last night he was on a minutes restriction he was i think restricted to 18 he didn't play most of the first three quarters which is good for me because i wasn't watching yeah then i turned it on and i watched him score i think 14 straight because he ended up with 17 straight points in the fourth quarter how do you do what he just did like i i i didn't get to watch it live but i watched the highlights and seeing him score 17 straight like that especially after well what kind of injury it was a leg injury or something i forget but he after rehabbing that injury and coming back the way he did with 17 straight like that was just it just shows how much of a monster the man is. Yeah, he hit four four from three, which is not going to continue if you look at how he shot in college, which was okay, not great. But I think the biggest takeaway, obviously I guess I wouldn't be doing Jeff Van Gundy justice if I didn't talk about how the Pelicans did lose the game. Yeah. If you watch the game, he was talking about, oh, that's the problem with today's media. We just want our highlights and our moments and nobody cares who wins the damn game. <laughs> it's like, all right, Jeff, okay, buddy. But, and it's true, nobody cares if the Pelicans won or not. They lost because Zion had to be taken out because he hit his minutes restriction. And he took over not just the court, the entire stadium. Everyone in that stadium knew he was the man. And, like, you haven't seen that, in my opinion, since LeBron in the, at that level of not just on the court but off court. I think KD's a great scorer, but I don't, I don't know if I ever got that feeling. It's hard to, to quantify yeah, because like Zion, Zion's a different player because Zion is not only like six six and he's got the body, I he's think got he's the six, strength. Eight, I'm pretty sure. Is he? Yeah. I saw on ESPN he was like six six or he's Oh, is he's six six? Bruh. He's six six and like 
what is he? 280. Okay, I don't know oh if God. you have ever played tackle football with no pads before, but when you get he already has when pads. You, when you get somebody running of that size, running that fast towards you, everything, even if you're the same size, you kind of have this quick thought of, I probably oh should gosh. get out of the way. <laughs> I just he, didn't realize he was 6'6". Six, six. He's a... He's a beast. I mean, he's essentially he's essentially a uh, a linebacker out there playing basketball, and he is so skilled at it too. Defensive end at six six two eighty five. Defensive tackle at that way. Honestly, wow. I'm, we're all excited along with the rest of the country to see what he can do. I'm just glad he's back from that injury, man. Because I hate to see players get injured. Hot take. A hot take. Yeah. <laughs> hate hate to see guys get hurt. Hate to see guys get hurt, but. Glad he's back. Glad he's back, man. Dude, and that goes into the whole thing with the NBA being like this player-driven league. Like people don't care about the teams; they watch the players, and like that's so good for the NBA that he's back. Like a Pelican Spurs games when neither one is in the playoffs right now was prime time. Uh, Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy calling the game. Oh yeah, you know, like that was big time, and people were eyeballs were tuning in to that game for the player. Oh Nobody yeah, gives they- a hoot about. The Pelicans. Yeah, because like the Spurs, like you got Greg Popovich, you've got DeMar DeRozan. They're they're both really, really good at what they do. Obviously, Greg Popovich in my mind is a Hall of Famer without a doubt. But you they've been struggling this year. You due don't to tune injuries. in to watch Coach. But you Pop. don't you don't tune in just because like he's not out there on the court playing. He he's occasionally yelling at his players. That's about it. But he's a great coach. I he's one of my favorites in the in the league. Although sure. to be honest with the Spurs, they've never really had like uh, you never tune in to watch the Spurs for a player, except when they had Kawhi. But yeah, when they, they had Kawhi, that was that was a guy you watched. Must see. But yeah. the rest before that, it was Duncan Parker and Ginobili, and those were three guys. So it wasn't like one player. So yeah. the Spurs have been an outlier for that that uh, that player driven league with the NBA. But we'll see how it goes with Zion. Yeah. Anyway, brief note about the Hornets: they're still bad. Can I just read some stats to you real quickly? I'll make this brief. Okay. Well, so, keep in mind, I'm trying not to get depressed. I know, but <laughs> dude, like I like I was talking with a couple of my friends who Again love with this friends thing, Michael. Come on now. <sighs> but I was talking with a couple of my I was talking with a couple of my friends uh, about the Hornets, and they're like, "Yeah, they're not that bad. Like, yeah, they're just below All the right. playoff spot." Hit me and I'm with like, it. Hit me with it. I'm like, okay, and I'm not just trying to trash the Hornets, but I'm like, I kind of had this realization where I was like. They're trash. <laughs> they're just trash, Hit man. Me with the they, stats. Points per game, they're dead last in the league. Oof. Average scoring margin, they're 26 in the league out of 30 teams. Fast breaks, they're 23rd. They're po- points per points in the paint per game, they're 20th. That's just offensive stats, man. It doesn't get much better on defense either. Like if you look for opponents assists and turnovers are 26 in the league. Op- opposition with assi- with assists and field goals made per game. They're 28, dude, every one of these stats, they're like below 25th. I, I, I know Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time, but dude, can you, can you, can we start seeing the magic work already, please? We did with Devontae Graham though. He's really good for us. He's, um, he's probably, he should be an all-star. He's sixth in the NBA in assists. He's number two in the NBA in three pointers. He's top 10 in turnovers as far as at least turnovers. Yeah. Like he's turned himself into a top 10 point guard in the league. And honestly, he should be an all-star should be most improved player, but we'll see uh, where he goes. Miles Bridges has been good too. Terry Rozier has been doing pretty good. Scary Terry. He's been doing 
pretty good. Of too. late, yeah. He started off the season really rough, very inefficient to start the year, but then he's he's warmed up. And uh, he's got to get the man adjusted to the new system. Yeah, he takes a lot of shots. I'll say that. Like, I love, oh my God. I think Devontae Graham, you put him in New York, people are talking about him all over the country. Yeah. And a lot of people around the country, around the NBA, were talking about him a couple weeks ago when he was blowing up. But he's kind of calmed down a little bit. He's averaging 19 points a game, eight assists. Oh, yeah. This, yeah. So, still a great year. But, um, yeah, he's a guy that like I tune in to watch Devonte Graham. Even if if the Hornets didn't keep him, which I would be a super upset about, I would tune in to watch him on other teams. He's really fun to watch. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so you follow hockey. So what's the latest on on the Canes for our Caniacs out there, Caniac Nation? So the Canes have been doing really well this year. Like even because I, although I root for the Penguins, I do like the Canes. I can't hate on the Canes because I, I mean, how can you hate on the team you live only five minutes from? Yeah. So. So the Canes have been doing really well. They lost to the Canucks a few, or the not the Canucks, the Ducks a few days ago. The, uh, the Canes, the, and, Canucks, Ducks. Yeah, oh, the Canes, sorry. Canucks, Ducks, all of them. But they lost to the Ducks in overtime, two to one. Uh, then they bounced back, defeated the New York Islanders in a shootout. They're one of the teams that they are competing in playoff spots with because right now they're sitting eighth in the uh, Eastern Conference, and that's like the last playoff spot, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. That's the last playoff spot, and. I know it's still kind of early on in the year, but I think this is still kind of it's kind of like getting down to crunch time. Like you got to start solidifying your spot after a bit. But they uh, defeated the Winnipeg Jets at home four to one. That was a great win for them, and uh, they're fifth right now in the Metropolitan Division. So they're they're doing really well so far. Uh, things are probably going to mix up, especially with uh, the Philadelphia Flyers being on the rise right now below them. But I see what you did there, Flyers rise. That's good. It's top tier, Michael. That's top tier for sure. Yeah. Um. Really brief note. This is not relevant to really anything, but we did get new mic stands in the studio. Yeah. And uh, so me and Michael are the only ones that see this, but we had like the hanging down mic stands, and now we have a much cleaner looking mic stand. So shout out to the WKNC. But what I did notice is now I don't have like I have the switchboard where I can turn off and on different mics. I have all the control. Yeah. So I could cut off Michael's mic and then you guys wouldn't hear him. But so you could shut me up at any time if I start rambling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to say if I start rambling on like Led Zeppelin, then no. I can start going. I guess what I'm trying to say is I just now realized we've been here almost an hour <laughs> and I was in here before the show started prepping. And it's like, <laughs> I just now realized the new mic stands have red lights at the mic level. So on the switchboard, the on switches are red. And when I press the off buttons, they light up yellow, different color. Yeah, I just now I was looking at Michael as he was talking, and I saw the light, and I I just I was like, oh man, it's like oh let me give this a whirl. Yeah, and the light cuts on off. It's crazy, <laughs> and we can hear ourselves and whatnot. So obviously, but so whenever he cut the mic off, I was like, oh no, the light he just went off did on that. his mic. I can't believe it. Man, <laughs> kids he, these days, he just did that. The technology, anyway. I thought it was cool because it's now multiple lights. Oh yeah, it's crazy! It's, it's lit up. You could say. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's enough from you. That's <laughs> enough from you. All right. Anyway, we talk. Uh, we were talking about before the show. Uh, MLB. What's uh? What's the dealio with that? Are everybody's cheating. Are we taking away World oh, Series titles, Michael? Oh boy, we got a lot going on there. Um, I've been keeping pretty close track with this. So, in three minutes. In three minutes, I'll make this as quickly as I can. Essentially, the Houston Astros have been caught using surveillance equipment for um, stealing signs. For stealing signs, and it's one thing if you're like looking over at them and you're able to like 
find it out there in the game like, hey, this means this. That That's one thing. Yeah, I'd say that's fair play. That's fair honest. play because you're trying to get that competitive advantage in the moment. There's nothing wrong with that. They are, this, is, was, this was premeditated with video equipment mm-hmm. to where it made, like the pitchers, there was interview with interviews with pitchers and they were saying it was literally impossible for them to get a strike on any of them because they were just going to sky the thing past the wall. And whenever you're able to know every pitch that's coming, you know exactly where to place the bat and you know exactly what you got to do to send it out of the park. Especially when you're on that level at a professional level hitting well, wasn't baseball. it more than the Astros, the Sox as well? The Sox were doing it. And as a and as a result, the Major League Major League Baseball, the commissioner or whoever did it, whoever was in charge, they set up a very serious uh punishment for this. They suspended the GM and the manager for the Astros for a whole year. Within an hour of that happening, they were fired by the Astros. They oh, were wow. fired. They were fired by the Astros. And it was a chain reaction. I'll make this quick. It was a chain reaction all the way to the Red Sox. Their manager got fired because he was with them while while it was going on. He had ties to it. Same thing with the uh, newly hired New York Mets manager. Same thing happened. They fired him too. This all happened within like two or three days, dude. See, my theory is that everyone's doing it and like they're just cutting losses. It's like they're just cutting losses now that the ones that get busted, like, all right, you got busted, you're fired. I think everyone's doing it, to be honest. It, it could be that, honestly. It wouldn't surprise... Like, I'm a Braves fan, and they were hitting a ton of home runs this year, too. <laughs> and honestly... You guys are doing a little too well. As much as, as much as I would love for them not to get caught, it, it would not surprise me if they did, honestly. It just wouldn't. Alrighty. I think that about does it for us. Um, that was Michael's debut. What'd you think, Michael? I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, this is part of what I'm wanting to do for a career, is be on radio or TV or something of that sort, and... I definitely want to do this, man. This is a lot of fun. I actually had a lot of fun as well. Same. It's been a while since I've done the show, and I always drag my feet getting ready for it because it, it takes a few hours to like get all this information for you guys. And so I had a lot of fun. So this is a... Uh, I'm sad, of course, that John's not doing it this semester, but he may stop in for a guest appearance. Who knows? But uh, why not? Have him on the show. Well, it's just a matter of if he can with his with yeah, his schedule. that's true. Adulting. I don't know. I'm getting a little nostalgic. I'm a senior now. I was sitting in the studio before the show started, and I was just like, wow. It's been like over two years I've been doing this. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I started this. Wow. 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 You're going like Owen Wilson. I just, wow. Wow. I was, I was just patting myself <laughs> on the back this whole time. Like, wow. This is pretty cool. Wow. Anyway, thanks, Michael. Um, I don't know the DJ that comes next after us, but what I will tell you guys, you should keep listening, because whoever they are, they're awesome. They are. All right. Um. Oh, I didn't even tell you this. So how we end the show is we just say I say my name, then you say your name, and then I say bye, y'all. So I'm just gonna tell you that now. All right. And hopefully the listener didn't hear me tell you that. Okay, dokie.